0: The signs around, and we come uh, into contact with them, whether it's stop signs, yield signs, stop lights, all all of the different things that exist around us. But when we're thinking about God, we're often waiting for Him to come with a booming voice, uh, open up a sea, something that that. Uh, Looks like it came from a movie with Charlton Heston, and that's the sign of God. But he's already put his signs all around us, and they're in a variety of ways. This one is internal, so this is built in, and this is dealing with ethics, and ethics are a sign of God, that he has put in each person, and it is... Passed on from generation to generation. It exists in uh, little kids, and you can watch it happen. You can take a candy bar, which maybe these have two children who don't deserve a candy bar, but you get it to give them one anyway. And if you only have one and you break it, this is where ethics kicks in. Little Johnny's going to say, Got more than I did. Because, you know, that's not fair. So where does fairness, the idea of fairness, come from? How is it that a little kid is already letting you know what's fair? Because it's built in. And it shows up from the earliest days, and it follows us all of our days. And for some people, that level of screaming and hollering and kicking their feet, and that's not fair, continues into adulthood sometimes into Congress, it will be found all over the place because it's there. It may not mature, but it is there. Ethics are a sign of God. We're going to take a look. Getting right, right. Getting right, right. There is a uh, Proverb 11, in Proverbs 11:1 says, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales. But he delights in accurate weights. When you go to get gas and you're at the pump, you are expecting, when you pump 10 gallons, to get 10 gallons, that you have paid for 10 gallons. Some unscrupulous gas dealers in the past decided to short people a little bit And just inflate that. So they're charging the same money but not giving you as as much gas. And so now there's a little sticker on that pump when you're standing there looking at it. Maybe you didn't notice, but it's been checked to make sure that it hasn't been something inferior put into the gas, for one. And the other is that this thing has been checked to make sure the monitor is giving you an accurate amount of gas for the amount of money. And if that sticker's not there or it's that out of date, you can look at that. You go, I, I don't know if I want to buy gas here because somebody may have messed with it. Probably not because they're, you know, they're kind of watching these days. Why do we need to watch them? Because people are people and they think if there's a way to make a profit. But the Lord detests that dishonest scales. The, the, that shorting people to get an advantage... And he really is, after us, doing things honestly, doing them right. But to get them right it means we have to follow what is, is built in us and to do that properly. So here's the internal part, internal ethics. And we find this in, a, in, a, in Romans. He's, he's talking about it. And he says, God's law is written in their hearts. For their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. It's written in their hearts. People come with it. It's built in. It exists within the individual of any age, from any place, from the islands of the Pacific, to the Arctic Circle, to Europe, Asia, Africa, America, North and South. It is built in, and it is part of who we are as human beings, and that conscience is there. go, you know? and, and when I go through this, I'm primarily going to talk about the existence of it, and then we'll tweak that a little bit, but it won't take long until your mind will shift and you go, but what about? But But what about? people doing bad, and but what about, and yeah, they do, they do that all the time, and what has happened is whatever is good, whatever God has said is good, gets twisted, and go back to Genesis 3, and you find out that there was an enemy involved there who told Eve and convinced Adam that good was to disobey God to do something the opposite. So they did. They, uh, in fact, just turned things upside down. Do you know what a Satanist uses to identify themselves? An upside-down cross. Why would you pick a cross and turn it upside down? Because everything he's done is to take whatever it is and turn it upside down. They also like the the head of a goat, and they will use that. And it also fits into the star pentagram that they use. What is it that Jesus is using? A lamb. And the goats are the ones who are sent away. And the lambs are brought in. So yeah, Isaiah 5 says there's there's a whole group of people who call evil good and good evil, they turn it upside down. They say light is dark, dark is light, sweet is bitter, bitter is sweet, Isaiah 5.20. So there's a whole issue with turning these things upside down. And if it does not follow with that idea, if it doesn't follow with their idea of what Uh, good is, now that they've replaced it with an upside-down version, then, then they will march in the streets, they will pass laws that fit with their idea of what good is. During the 20th century, there were two dictators who decided that Jewish people were bad. They were the evil. They were the dark. They convinced their whole country. Not everyone, but enough that that was true. So by turning it upside down. So what would, in this upside down world, be the good thing to do? To eradicate the evil. Who were the evil? The Jewish people. Who were the ones who needed to be... I mean, killing them was fine. Because we needed to get rid of the evil that was good in an ethical system that is so upside down and twisted. So it's not that they don't have an ethical system. It's not that this is a lie and God did not put it in their hearts. He did. Then they allowed it to be turned upside down. They listened to the enemy. They listened to their own thoughts. They want to do it their way. And as a result of that, people got hurt. We had world wars. We've had slaughters. We've had burning in the streets in in the past year because people took ethics, conscience, and called evil good, good evil, and flipped it upside down. So we get to experience that around us. We can look in the news. We can look in the history books. We can see it in the past. We can see it in other countries. We can see it all around us. But we also have to look within ourselves see, what is in me? Because this, this conscience, this thing, this law written in our hearts is there. It's, it's saying here, this is the right thing to do. This is a good thing to do. And there are times when we go, yeah. yeah, no, I can hear it in my head. I ought to do that. I ought not say this. I ought to say this. I ought to do that. I ought not do this. And we go do it anyway. Well, not probably you guys, but other people do that. But here's this thing rattling around in us saying, here's the right thing to do right now. And we struggle. But God has placed that in us. Even the people who are going sideways, he has placed it in them. Even when you see them saying the wrong thing and saying it's good or right, just remember that is a sign that God has placed in them. His laws, they're rejecting them. But the ethics are built in. That is a sign of God that he has put in every individual and it shows up everywhere. Is he going to leave it there? Mm, Probably not. Because there's accountability. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 9. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember, you must give an account to God for everything you do. You must give an account to God for everything you do that's for every person too we can we can decide and we can go do whatever we want to do and and as this says, just feel free. go do that. Just know that you will give an account. Everyone will give an account. that motivates some people in fact that's that just knowing that in, at the end when this is all done and this life is. Finished and standing before God with His stand perfect standard. Then we're going to be weighed in the balance, and that accountability kicks in in its fullness. You know, it, we get parts of it in this life, but we really get it when we wrap this life up. For some people, that's enough, and they go, "You know, I realize I don't want to face that. I don't. I don't want to stand in the judgment and fail." So I'm going to do what I can to live uprightly, to live ethically, God's way of ethically, in this life. Which is probably a really good idea. But everyone will be held accountable. Some are motivated by the idea that they're going to be held accountable. Others, just like they twist and turn things upside down, nah, there's nothing. Don't have to sweat it. We're just going to be in a box. That's it. They'll throw some dirt on top, and I'll just be taking the long nap. Nope. But they convince themselves. So if there's no accountability, there's no judgment, then I can do whatever I want in this life in the way that I think it ought to be done, ethically, because I, my ethics are so turned upside down, that I will follow that and do it and live my life in accordance with the ethics I've been given, or I've created. Uh, Accountability is out there. Everyone will face it. But God does not hold everyone accountable quickly enough. I don't know if you've noticed that. There are things that are just not balanced out yet. So, we come up with the, that's not fair. And we go back to some kids. But this one will break your heart because there are kids with all kinds of things. They're given clothes and food and education. They have activities and toys and possibilities. And there are other kids who don't. There are kids without. That's not fair. It's not equitable around the world. Now, the little kids arguing over a candy bar, they're both getting a candy bar. The kids without have maybe never seen a candy bar. So there's a huge difference in these. But often in our thinking of equitable is it's going to be, this needs to be even, equally divided everywhere all the time, regardless. God didn't do it that way. In fact, he's provided some kids without so that some kids with, will grow up and say, you know what, I need to step up and maybe send them a candy bar or step up and give them some help or lean in and, and see what I can do to give them a hand and pick them up. For others, it may be that the kids without are at a place where they learn creatively to learn a skill, to work hard where the kids with don't learn to work hard because everything's been given to them. And the kids without will outshine, outperform, outwork, outdo. So there's a a whole lot of looking. When we say that's not fair, we really have to take a step back and begin to look at ethics in a whole new way, understanding what God is doing, Taking a step back to see, okay, what is the scope of things here in the big picture? Personally as well. So I'm looking inside and seeing myself. I need to look at injustice and discover that from God's perspective. Injustice comes out with all kinds of things. This is something that's in the news and people are arguing about all the time these days. So some of it's poverty, some of it's um, homelessness, depression. The, uh, the fears, the, the uh, social injustices, how do the races treat each other? We, now we throw in genders and we make up genders and then we, because now we're throwing out our ethical system or we're redefining our ethics. And now if you don't agree with the gender that the government says now exists, genders that the government now says exist, they will take you to court. So shut down your business, take away your bank account, and try to silence you in any way that they can. Because that's justice. See the ethical problem? Somebody just went and flipped it on its head. And we've got a whole world in which all of these things that are, are and we're leaving, living with humanity where there's good and bad, and the whole idea of ethics is that those who are getting it can do something to help those who are not getting it and to offer real justice. But when those who, are, who gain power are supportive of what would be an upside-down ethical system and they want to enforce what is good, Hitler wanted to do what was good in his ethical system, we just realized that ain't right. So we got to do what's right. So we have to understand what God is doing, which means we got to get back to what God says, what his truth is, and apply that. And it begins again with us so that we can deal with all of these issues from his perspective, from a broader perspective of what is right. And it, and it goes from personal to global to, to the universe to the heavenlies. It is much bigger than just in this moment who has a bigger piece of the candy bar. We have more to do. But because of this fail, this huge one that we have, Romans 3.23 reminds us, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. And so as a result of that, we carry in us This tendency to uh, look out for ourselves, to trip, to fall, to misinterpret, to turn upside down what ought to be right side up. And we have to work at it against ourselves because of that tendency, against the world around us because that's the tendency out there, against the enemy who wants to destroy us, and that keeps getting whispered in our ears. And the only way we can do that is to stay really close to the Lord, stay in the scriptures know what he has said and where he is going. And ultimately, remember, we are all going to give an account for everything we have done. So it's not just messing around to get through this life. It's understanding this because one day we will stand with him and the longer period of time in your life will be after your death. So this is the short end. The big end is coming. You don't want to mess up this end. So that you can be so clever and show God how how you do this because you will be held accountable and you want to get ready for what's to come. So here's some things. The Lord gives us some heads up and he gives us stuff in Scripture. He's given us the the law that he gave Moses. So you can go to Exodus 20 and you can go through Ten Commandments. There's 613 laws altogether that were given. Now those are given to the people of Israel specifically. So many of those don't apply to people who aren't the people of Israel, in the country of Israel. Do, we don't live in Israel, and we're not part of that group. So some of those are specific to, to them in that time. Others are, you go through them and you see, yeah, yeah, that's what Jesus is reinforcing. He's giving us a, a, an idea of how we ought to live. And so we have a list in in uh, the twenty. Or in in Exodus 20 of the 10. In fact, this isn't in my notes, so I'm just going to go sideways here real quick. Here's 10. It starts with, I just love it. I just think it is so clever. We've got this this guidance from God that says, start out with, you honor me. Don't make up stuff about me. Don't make things to represent me. Because you don't know what I look like. You go, yeah, that's right. So don't do that because that's what people tend to do. And then once they make a little object, then it's all about the object, and they forget about the God who is everywhere because we've been talking about science. He is everywhere, and he's showing up in a variety of ways. So don't do that. That's number two. Number three, don't use his name in vain. Uh, what's that? Well, you know, that's cussing because I growed up here, and that's what, that's what I found out. That ain't it, it's using him in a way that defines him or abuses his character and says he is nothing that what he can do he doesn't really answer prayer he's not really there for you, and we might use the you know praise God, we might use the we might sing the songs, but we were. I don't live that way. Come Monday, I don't live that way. That's using God's name in vain. It's empty, pointless. How many people do that? A whole bunch of them. Come Monday. No, honor the Lord. Remember, He's everywhere. You don't make an object. Don't use His name in vain. Because He is powerful and He is at work. You know what else? Let's keep things in order because you're going to have a tendency. He has to write this out because people are stupid. So carves it in stone so we don't miss it. You've got to start with God, and then you've got to look at the family. So what are people apt to do right away, even in a family? They're going to turn on mom and dad. That's the next one. I'm just going to turn on them. I know more. I'm the younger generation. They ain't, they ain't got no sense. Look how they did it. However they raised me, I'm going to do the opposite. Because that whole generation was just nuts. Is that true? Just watch it happen all the time. People are doing that. So what's he say? Honor your father and mother. Do they deserve it? No, not always. Nope. Does he say do it if they deserve it? No. So what's he saying? They got something. If you're alive today, they fed you. They may have not treated you to every candy bar. They may have not always given you the bigger half of the candy bar. Because that ain't fair. So I need to just turn on them. Quit whining about it. Honor your father and mother. What's the promise? You're going to live a long time. You'll have long life in the land. Why would God say that? Because in that relationship, you are tearing down what Satan would love to do, and that's the destruction of the family. The basic unit of society is the family. What do you do? You whine about it. You complain about it. You throw rocks at it. And it doesn't take long. And the society is a coming apart at the seams. So how many single parent families or moms raising kids look across the society? What's happened? And then what happens in the streets? And look at other countries. And what breaks down? And what happens when that unit is broken down? And what happens when that respect is missing? Because that's the basis of respect. Then you begin. It doesn't mean that you're saying everything is right. You just say, no, I just um, respect, give respect, give honor to whom honor is due. Jesus said, give Caesar what he's due. Did he think Caesar was doing a good job? Not at all. You give honor to whom honor is due, who has a position Not because, well, they did it right according to how I think it ought to have been done. No. What's God's response to that? Then he'll honor you with life. Wow. This is four. That's four of them. You get into murder. Well, that's big. So the fourth chapter of Genesis, sin against God, separation from God, separation from paradise, separation from the Garden of Eden in chapter 3. Chapter 4, brother kills brother. Now we've got the beginning. So what's the first big sin? Rebellion against God. The next one, killing brother. Now we've got murder. So we start trekking down a whole path of uh, the breakdown, uh, the, the, the devaluing of life. And valuing and, and making a priority out of me and my feelings and, and my temper and my way and getting what I want, which is the next I get to steal and I get to lust after and I get to take that guy's wife and I get jealousy and envy. That's how he wraps it up. Because those people shouldn't have that when I should have that because, let's go back to it, that's not Fair. And what's the most important thing in life, as we learned as three-year-olds? That's not fair. And I should always get what I want all the time. And if that person has it, I want that toy. If they had a candy bar, I want that candy bar. If they got an ice cream, I want the ice cream. We are a messed up bunch of people. But God has told us, That we have all fallen short. And then he gives a standard. So the ten are great. That was really the aside. So back. Here's what he says is detestable. This is found in Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things the Lord hates. No seven he detests. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. Wow. So the Lord's paying attention. That's individual stuff. You see it? Haughty eyes, pride, arrogance, ego, all about me. I am so smart. Lying tongue. Still looking out for me, so I'm going to just give you misinformation, mislead. What's the ethical system? Well, it's my ethical system, and my ethical system says I want to get what I want, to, what I want when I want it, and lying seems like a good idea. God says he hates it. Hands that kill the innocent. People that are out there murdering, killing babies, killing tribes. It's happening across Africa right now. A heart that plots evil. You know, you can lie in bed and worry about the economy or health or all these things, and you're thinking about it all night. Or if you have a project to do and you're going, yeah, I can't figure out how am I going to fix that? What's the next step? I've YouTubed 500 things. I still don't have the answer. So your mind is racing to figure out, okay, what do I do now? Well, these people plot evil. I'm angry at that person. They did something that wasn't, in my mind, fair. So I need to just think on that, think on that, think on that. And God says, I hate it. I just hate it. Feet that race to do wrong. Because they've already plotted in their mind, now they're going to run out there and quickly go do it and not look to how they can help or make a difference or improve the world, but just take. They just want to go do wrong. Because in their ethical system... Doing wrong is the right thing. A false witness who pours out lies. You just pick on an individual and you just keep telling stories about them and twisting the the reality. God doesn't like that. A person who sows discord in a family. Look at that. So we start out with pride. Then we get down a a person who sows discord in a family. And that's after killing the innocent. He doesn't like it. That family unit means something to him. It's important. So somebody who comes along and says, man, you know, angry, mad, I'll say what I want to say. Let's get together for dinner and let me rip into you for 30 minutes or uh, hold on to unforgiveness or treat you uh, disrespectfully. All of those things. person who sows discord in family. And God, he's looking at that. Here's an ethical system. He's saying, here's a standard that is good, but people in their twisted ways will turn that upside down and then think to kill somebody, to lie, to create problems in the family are good things. And you can watch movies on this that would lead you to think that's positive. No. God says no. So we need to be real. Romans 12.9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. This is fantastic. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. There's a good system. You've got to find out what that is. So it, again, takes us back to the scripture, understanding what God is doing, what he's doing in us as individuals, in the family unit. In the church, in the country, in the world, what he's doing in eternity, all of those things are part of this. Hold tightly to what is good. God is just. So we come back to him, understanding him. Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Every... Everything he does is just and fair. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong how just and upright he is. We want what's fair, we go to him. We find out what he says and we do it his way. And then... We will see the result because he does no wrong. So in response, true ethics reflect the character of God. True ethics reflect the character of God. We've got to know who he is, how he operates, how he's functioning, what he's trying to accomplish. True ethics reflect the character of God. So truth, and what truly is fair, what is right, We're going to find out from him, because that's who he is. He will do no wrong. So we find out from him how this works, and then we begin to understand, we begin to flow, we begin to work with it. We may not get it down right off the bat, because we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So we need his help to help us do that. But we can learn it, practice it, and begin to live it. God's Basic human design has ethics built in. God's basic human design has ethics built in. So whether it's good ethics or really bad ethics, when you hear people, well, that's not right, that's not just, that's, there's injustice in the world and, there's, and all the screaming, hollering that goes on, good or bad, good or bad. I'm just talking about the generic idea of ethics, not the basis of it. When you hear that, just know God put that in them. They may be really messed up. It may be upside down and backwards. But God put that in there. And somehow it's screaming to come out. And it's just saying, there's a God who created you. He wants you to come to knowledge of the truth. And he wants you to come to him. So pray for him. But recognize that God is out there. And all of that. And every time inside you go, that's not fair. Just slow down a minute and go, well, thank you, Lord. There's a sign that you're still there, that you put that in me. God's basic human design has ethics built in. Practicing ethics, God's way is loving and good. So if we're practicing, if God's given us the, the direction, he's given us the the um, power through the Holy Spirit to do this, then what we're Practicing, when we're doing ethics his way, is going to be an expression of his love, and it's an expression of our love, and it will be good. Not the upside-down kind of good, not our selfish, motivated kind of good, but his kind of good, the real kind of good, and it flows from him. And it flows from from him to us, through us, and then on to others. So we can practice this in a way that can change the world. Starting with us, family unit, and out from there. God is good. He is just and he is fair. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for sharing your character with us, making us in your image. I Thank you for the things that we can learn from you. Help us to listen. To actually, listen, embrace it, and practice it. And it is in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.